This is an irreverent podcast. Check out irreverent.fm for shows from all our friends. Hello and welcome to Exvangelical. I'm your host, Blake Chastain. Let's talk about healthcare. It's in the news, right? I mean, the Republican Party, that party whose members proclaim loudly and often that they're doing the work of the Lord, have worked tirelessly this past week to move forward with a plan that will take away the basic health care of 24 million people. 24 million people. Now, I know we hear a lot of large numbers, and it's hard to make them personal, so let me boil this issue down to a single story. Mine. I could be a sickly kid. I had asthma, I got bronchitis every winter, I had allergies, but beyond all that, I had and have epilepsy. I was diagnosed with epilepsy when I was two. My parents noticed that my mouth would sometimes pull to the side when I spoke, and that was the first symptom they noticed. There are multiple forms of epilepsy, and I have a version called focal epilepsy, which means that the seizures focus on a single part of my body. Since I've grown to adulthood, my seizures are limited to my shoulder and right arm twitching and spasming, and sometimes my mouth pulls to the side just like it did when I was a kid. But when I was younger, my whole right side would be affected. My arm and leg would flail, and if I was walking, it would look like I was limping, when really I was seizing. I would have at least one seizure a day, and often more. They tended to occur as soon as I woke up, and would sometimes occur sporadically throughout the rest of the day. Now, my seizures are minimal when compared to grand mal or tonic-clonic seizures, where you lose consciousness and fall on the ground and seize, seize all over. But throughout my childhood, the treatments were framed by my doctors and neurologists as a type of containment. Taking medicine would control the seizures and hopefully make sure that they wouldn't ever get any worse. Eventually, my neurologists would become a bit overzealous with the medication, and they bear responsibility for how that affected me. But when I was young, I was put on phenobarbital. I later took felbitol and eventually various combinations of tegretol, neurontin, and dilantin, all different types of anti-seizure medications. At one point later, uh, around elementary school and middle school, I was on a regiment of 16 pills a day. My coordination became a disaster as a result of all those meds. When I would play Little League Baseball, I would often get double vision and would see two balls coming at me at the same time in the outfield. It made it really hard to know which one to try to catch. It also made my stomach really sensitive. If I didn't have the right food on my stomach, I would vomit for hours into a pail by the side of my bed, all the way into the middle of the night. I would retch until my throat was so sore and I would have to stay home. Those were the hardest times, but you know what? Eventually, my seizures were more regulated and maintained. I stopped playing Little League, and I tried to take up tennis. And I'm thankful for all the times that my parents were able to take me to see specialists when I was young. They were able to make that happen, and I am so very thankful for it. It was only through that experimentation of medications and consultation with providers that they were able to find a regimen for me that worked. But later on, there have been a few times when I was worried when I grew up, once I grew up. I was afraid of ever being unemployed because I could run the risk of going without insurance for a single second and be denied for having a pre-existing condition. That thought 
terrified me. And during the financial crisis in 2008, the company I worked for at the time laid me and a number of other people off. I was terrified then prior to the Affordable Care Act. But luckily, I was getting my master's part-time and was able to get insured through a school program. The Affordable Care Act makes me insurable. One calculation estimates that for someone with seizures like me, my premiums could skyrocket over 700% in the proposed uh, GOP plan. And that is absolutely absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And on another note, I would never have felt the freedom to take the risk that led to me starting this podcast if it were not for the Affordable Care Act. If it were not possible for me to purchase health care on a marketplace and to ensure that me not having insurance or me being able to shop for insurance would not be barred for me because I have a pre-existing condition. All of this is absurd. All of this is completely ridiculous, and I haven't even gotten to the religious arguments against this plan. So let's turn to that now. One of my favorite podcasts is Sunday School Dropouts. The co-host Lauren O'Neill pointed out recently on Twitter that Jesus spent a lot of his ministry handing out free health care. And you know what? She's right. Jesus didn't ask for payment. He didn't expect people to be good in order to deserve to be healed. And in fact, whenever someone tried to put some sort of restrictions on his healing, he rejected those restrictions. For instance, he was once asked about a man who was born blind. And he was asked whether it was his parents, this man's parents, or that the man himself that sinned and caused him to be blind. Jesus replied that neither he nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. He was also angry when people told him he couldn't heal on the Sabbath. Once there was a woman who was crippled for 18 years, and he deigned to heal her on, on the Sabbath, saying, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And he put his hands on her. and She straightened up and praised God. Of course, there were some synagogue leaders there who took issue with that, trying to catch him on a technicality. And he just would not have it. He said, Don't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years... Be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Jesus rejected the idea that people deserve to be ill, and he also rejected the idea that religious or societal rules should supersede the ability to care. Now finally, let's turn to the story of sheep and goats, recorded in Matthew 25. I'm just going to read a long passage, so bear with me. It says in Matthew 25 that when the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he'll separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The king will say to those on the, on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. 
I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes? Close you, clothe you. When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? Then the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you are accursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison, and did not help you? And he'll reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of these, you did not do for me. Now, you can take us at, take away all the theology, and particularly the part about damnation, that one's, you know, that one... Honestly, it doesn't sit very well with me anymore. Um, and I don't know what to do with that, and I'm happy to say that. But I can read that and see that Jesus wants you to care for the sick. It's also clear that Jesus values healing. So, to tie all this together, I was incredibly fortunate that I was able to receive the care I did as a child. I was still sick, but I still needed coverage. I still needed to see those doctors. I didn't deserve to be sick. Neither do you. Neither does anyone out there. And I was terrified as an adult that I would be denied coverage for something I can't control. That terror dissipated when the Affordable Care Act was passed, and some anxiety is returning now with this new and immoral push from the GOP for this new plan. And make no mistake, it is immoral. It stands in opposition to a God that we are supposed to understand is a God of love. It stands in opposition to the best of the Christian tradition. And it stands in opposition to the gospel accounts of Jesus himself. Now, Twitter, uh, Twitter user at RMASVG posted a thread last week after the GOP vote went through. And it's so good and it's filled with so much righteous indignation that I'm going to read it in full. <laughs> Here it goes. Quote, the GOP is not pro-life. They have never been pro-life. Spare me your incessant weeping for the unborn when you damn the living to hell. Quote, the invisible hand has a lot of blood in it. The AHCA is a capitulation to the wealthy elite at the expense of the suffering and dying poor. It is unconscionable evil. One can hide behind vague appeals to choice and freedom, but at the end of the day, it's simply unwillingness to care for those in need. Women deserve the best health care. LGBTQIA folk deserve the best health care. The poor deserve the best health care. Disabled folk deserve the best health care. Black folk deserve the best health care. Everyone deserves the best health care. There should be no question about this. This is not ignorant idealism. This is common sense, decency, compassion, morality. So please, spare me the moralism about abortion. 
Spare me the ringing of hands and incessant appeals to, quote, Judeo-Christian values. I'm done. I reject anything which sacrifices the sick, disabled, poor, or minorities for the sake of tax breaks for the wealthy. I reject this because I follow Jesus. I reject it because I am compelled as a human being to defend those who cannot defend themselves. The GOP thinks they are saving people when, rea when in reality they are sending them to their graves while the wealthy laugh with glee. What sort of morality is this? Is this ethical? Where is human decency? I ask this knowing that the GOP fetishizes the unborn, using the unborn as a political pawn to exempt themselves from helping the poor. Unconscionable evil. All of it. The AHCA is evil. The GOP are acting out of cowardice and fear. Who will rise up? Who will defend the poor, the sick, the disabled, women, black folk, and LGBTQIA folk? And shout out to, C <laughs> to Chris Stroop for his tireless work exposing the inconsistencies of conservative evangelicalism in these, in these matters. End quote from RMA SVG on Twitter. Now, I want to urge all of you who are listening to this to think back on times when you have been sick. When you faced an illness or a disease or a disability, think about the care that you received. Think about the care you didn't receive but wish you had. Think about your loved ones and the strangers you don't know but may see on the bus or the sidewalk. Think of Jesus going beyond the call and healing on the Sabbath and healing those who so supposedly didn't deserve it. Think of all these things and share your stories on Twitter with the hashtag IWasSick. Because 24 million people, 24 million is a big number, but it's a personal one too. I was sick with an unregulated seizure activity, but I got care. I was sick with allergies and I got care. I was sick with asthma and I got care. I was sick with, once I was sick with a bursting eardrum, but was afraid to go to the doctor because of the cost. Think of the times when you were sick. Share your stories. Because that is where the power is. Jesus tells us to look after one another. To look after the least of these as, as if we were looking after Jesus himself. And we'll all be sick and need to be looked after someday. It's stupid to assume otherwise. And I'll be honest, everyone, I don't really know how to end this episode um i don't i mean i just want to hear your stories i know that this this may not have been <laughs> the the most um the slickest presentation of ideas here but i see in the life of jesus a person that didn't give a shit who <laughs> who you were he just saw people that needed help, and he helped them. And to see lawmakers who claim some sort of connection to that life and can turn around and <sighs> I don't know. Tear, tear it away. I, I just, I just can't. I don't know what to do with that. 
besides be angry and besides encourage you to tell your stories of tell your stories I was sick I got better I was sick and I might be sick I I need I need medicine every day to to maintain normalcy to not to hopefully you know never have worse seizures I um I'll, I'm honestly you know sometimes I start to feel sort of spasms going down my leg like when I used to be a kid and I get scared I do um, I don't want to have worse seizures and I <laughs> I need medicine to maintain normalcy so yes there was a bad time but now and I know there's, I'm, I'm words are failing me, but I I know there are others like like me that have conditions that need attention. And we just have to be more open. I do believe that we there are there's power in our stories not just not not mine and mine's not unique but I do believe there's power in sharing them and making those who are in legislative power aware of the consequences of their actions and make them aware that they are being watched and that they are accountable and that these things matter so please share your stories I was sick I am sick if you want to use that word I'm an epileptic I'm Blake I'm all those things and you're you, and you deserve the best care, and we need to keep fighting for it. Matt Pierre Chastain on Twitter. You can also follow the show on Twitter. Wake up, dead man. Talk to you soon.